Welcome to the Krishnadas Pilgrim Heart Hour. In this podcast, Krishnadas shares his warm-hearted and down-to-earth path to the divine. If you are interested in supporting Krishnadas's podcast, please go to beherenownetwork.com/kd. Here's questions. Is there God? <laughs> How the fuck do I know? <laughs> Sorry. But there is love. That much I can tell you. There is a love that goes beyond all the separation, beyond all the hate, beyond all the hurt, beyond all the betrayals, beyond all the, the selfish interests, beyond all the political bullshit, beyond all the ways that people hurt themselves and hurt each other, beyond all the way people are enslaved and abused and, and, and destroyed and taken advantage of and murdered and killed. It's beyond all that. Actually, there's a love that embody, surrounds all that, in which all that lives. And all that, as painful as it is, is all our personal, egoistic, subjective universe. It's a bandwidth that we all share. And everybody has their own version of what, what they're seeing. And we share big blocks of delusional so-called reality. So there is love that transcends all that and embodies all that and embraces all that and is not destroyed by that in any way. There's a love that we can feel every moment of every day and never be closed down even while we are right in the middle of the fire of this world. This beautiful sermon that the Buddha once gave, a talk the Buddha once gave very early, I think it was one of the first talks that he gave, and called it, they call it the fire sermon. And basically he says, oh monks, everything is burning right now. Just like a piece of wood is burning, and sooner or later it'll be destroyed and burnt to a crisp. So we are burning. The ears are on fire with sound, the skin on fire with touch, the tongue on fire with taste. The eyes on fire with sight. And the mind on fire with thoughts, etc., etc. We are burning. And one day we will be burnt in this body and it will be over for this life. But right now, while we're, even while we're burning, we can, we can be in that love. We can find a way to be aware, to be free of the fire while we're in it. Right now, we can. But we have to do some 
practice. <laughs> you ever hear me say that before? We have to we have to look towards that love. We have to find a way to move more deeply into our own being, right here in the middle of the world. And we have to find a way to deal the best way we can with everything that's going on and try to do the best we can for ourselves and for others right now in the middle of the world. And we, even while we're all burning, we, that love surrounds us, protects us, nourishes us. Maybe that's God. Somebody's asking about the best way to use chanting practice. Just do it. Just do it without expectation, without imagination, without manipulation of your own emotions. Just add the practice to your life. Every day, do a few minutes. Do whatever's comfortable or whatever you can bear. But not too much. If you push yourself, you're going to have a reaction in the other direction. So just start simply in a relaxed manner. Don't try to find some button to push that's going to make the whole world go away. That ain't going to happen. <clears throat> so these so-called blocks that you say you have, that those are just things you believe. Programs that are running in us that we do believe automatically. We never question, like, I'm not enough. I have a problem with this. I'm this way. I'm not tall enough. I'm not skinny enough. I'm not short enough. My hair's not long enough. I don't have this. I don't have that. And those things are just running in the background, just coloring everything we, we, we experience every minute. Practice. Chant. Repeat the name. <clears throat> and live your life. You, will, what, the way you live in your life, the way you inhabit the world you live in, will change over time through practice. And you're just, without recognizing it, you'll spend less and less time in negative states of mind, stuck in negative thinking, stuck in limitation in judgment, in evaluation, in, in all those things. You won't notice because the evaluator is what's being thinned out. If you notice, then you'll just do a big ego trip on it and think how high you are and how great you are. And, you know, good luck. So that's not what it's all about. It's about becoming a good human being and treating others the way you would like to be treated. And not expecting others to treat you the way you would like to be treated. Just we learn to treat other people the way we would like to be treated, regardless of how they react. That's their problem, not ours.
Has there been a moment when I have felt Ram Dass's presence most strongly? I feel him all the time. I don't think there's, there's a lot of moments when I feel him very strongly. We were close for over 50 years. So this couple of years, you know, is, is very short compared to the amount of time we spent together and the experiences we had together and the, the many deep moments we had together. Some people push my buttons. Aww. When we have contact and I often become angry, they, this, they are so and so, I can't stop in my head, I can't sleep with practice, I can overcome these feelings only for moments. Have you advice? You mean you can overcome those feelings for a moment? That's fantastic. Wait. That's wonderful. Give yourself some credit for that. Most people will never overcome those feelings. Now I've lost you here. Don't add any more questions, okay? Because every time you add a question, I lose the question. So, those people who push your buttons, they are a blessing for you. They show you the work that you have to do. Otherwise, you think you're so high and so wonderful and beyond anything. And you're just kind and compassionate and open. Boom. Then one of the buttons is pushed. There's no button. It's just you. <laughs> it's just us in here. You know that's, that joke about the, 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 uh, the fox that gets into the chicken hut, the chicken uh, coop, and the farmer comes out and uh, looks in the chicken coop and says, anybody in there? And the fox says, just us chickens. It's just us chickens here. We're all in the same coop. And people who push our buttons, it's not about them. It's our buttons. It's our stuff. And, you know, ultimately someday we will thank those people for helping us deal with our stuff because until we deal with our stuff, it's dealing with us. So, it might be uncomfortable but that's our problem, not theirs. They're free to do whatever the hell they want. And so are we. Which means we are, have the possibility of not reacting. But you can't, you can't stop a reaction from happening with your will. It's deeper than that. It's that. Those buttons are deeper. So it's a question of how humble you are with yourself. How how at ease you are with yourself. So even when you're screwed up by your own emotions, you go like, oh, whoa, this is big time. I'm really feeling like shit now. I want to kill this guy. And you can laugh about it. You can eventually, you can laugh about it and you can enjoy the intensity and the energy in that emotion without being caught by it. It happens. But guess what? Practice. Patience time, relax, take it easy, keep practicing letting go. It's amazing that you can do that because once an emotion is uh, cranked up, there's very little you can do about it that in that moment. I mean, you can work with it, but it, 
it's gonna, that energy is just going to have to dissipate. And you can let it dissipate rather than feeding it. It's the other moments when you're not, those buttons aren't being pushed that we do practice and develop the an inner strength, the inner, the inner response of letting go of everything that we're stuck on, with and stuck to. That's why regular practice is important. When cultivating unconditional love, at what point do you need to set boundaries? How do you know when it's time? How can there be boundaries in unconditional love? How? Unconditional means love. It's not you loving someone. It's you being love. And when you recognize that love within us, when we recognize that within us, really recognize it and, in a sense, become that love, everybody's a part of it. Like Dr. Lara used to say, he said, when I, when, when I love, when, when, what did he say? It wasn't that when I was with Maharaji, I just loved Maharaji. He said, when I was with Maharaji, I loved everybody. And that's what we're talking about. When we find that place within, everybody's a part of it. So no boundaries are even imaginable, because everybody's embraced by your own true nature. Okay, that's one side of the story. The other side of the story is how do you get through the day without killing yourself or somebody else, right? And that's, we have to learn skillful means of getting through the day, of living our lives in the world. And yes, at times you have to, you have to set boundaries for people, you have to learn to say no, you have to let people know what's acceptable and what's not. But that has nothing to do with unconditional love. That has to do with taking care of oneself in a healthy way. And that's fine. We need to learn that. And the more practice one does, the more one is able to take care of oneself in many different situations that one might not have been able to do earlier. So boundaries sometimes will... will naturally arise. So you'll be able to say no to somebody without throwing them out of your heart, without getting angry at them. Like Sylvia Bornstein, this wonderful friend and Buddhist meditation teacher said, you can throw someone out of your, out of your life, but you don't have to throw them out of your heart. That's unconditional love. Yeah, when, when you love everyone, you can, you can st still navigate through the world, through the day, and set boundaries, and, and, you know, but you won't have to turn off other people because you're no longer afraid of that feeling that you get from those people or the feeling that those people cause to arise within us, which is really the issue. So, two different things. Unconditional love, 
and learning to stop at the red and go on the green. Too different. Unconditional love doesn't mean you can, you can drive right through a red light. You'll get hit. You'll have an accident. Anything can happen. So there are two different things. That's one is ultimate reality, real so-called reality, and relative reality, how to get through the day in a good way with kindness and caring for yourself and others. And it all comes from within. It all comes from us learning to be more kind and to ourselves and allow our hearts to unwind and de-stress and not demand other people be who we want them to be and how we want them to be. That's not unconditional love. Unconditional love is like the sun. It shines on everyone. It shines on the flowers and the weeds. It shines on uh, good food and it shines on garbage. All the same. It shines on good people and people who hurt other people. It shines on everything equally. Why? Because that is its nature. The nature of unconditional love. So we can aspire to that. And that's a, that's a very powerful practice to aspire to have that kind of love. But you don't fake it. You don't make it up in your head. You don't try to love everybody. That's not, that's not going to work. There is a level or a, a, a realm within us that is unconditional love already. And we can move into that place within us, our own atma, our own soul, so to speak. And when we recognize that self, capital S, or soul, we recognize that in everyone. And then the storylines, they don't really matter. So... Can you speak about surrender to the guru and to the divine? We are taught in the West that we determine our fate. I don't know if I have that quote here. I'd really like to read that to you. Let me see if I can find it. think I can find it. Maybe. Hold on. What are you asking about? You're asking about what? Surrender to the guru. Well, 
Okay, let's start with that. Where is this guru? Out there somewhere? Somebody, somebody? Is the guru a body? If the guru was a body, then when the body died, the guru would be finished. But guru is not a body. Guru is your own true nature. Guru, God, and yourself, your true self, your atma, are one, not different, one thing. So guru is not out there. So when you, dis- when you surrender to the true guru, your own true nature, what's the issue? Who's making the faith? There's no one there to surrender to. There's only surrender itself. So here's a quote from Ramana Maharshi. It's such a beautiful quote. I, I, it's very important to me. He says, Surrender to him and abide by his will, whether he appears or vanishes. Await his pleasure. If you ask him to do as you please, it is not surrender but a command to him. You cannot have him obey you and yet think that you have surrendered. He knows what is best and when and how to do it. Leave everything to him. His is the burden. You no longer have any cares. All your cares are his. Such is surrender. Such is bhakti, devotion. Or, inquire to whom these questions arise. Dive deep in the heart and remain as the self, the one, capital S, self. One of these two ways is open to the aspirant. That's the deal. There's two ways to go. You, you surrender your personal imaginary will and you accept everything in your life as the teaching of the divine, of the guru. And you learn from it and you do the best you can to accept it and you don't demand that things change because that's a command to the guru, to, to the divine. Or you do atma Vichara, self-inquiry. You ask to whom are all these questions arising? Who is this that wants to know? Who is it that wants to surrender? What is this? Where is, what, who, who am I? Who is, you say, well, I'm asking the question. And then you say, well, who am I? It's not a question you ask, you answer from here. It's a question that pushes you into yourself, awareness. So, this whole issue about whether there's, whether you, there's a fate that's written or whether things are uh, up to the divine is just like a, an intellectual bullshit, like intellectual masturbation. The reality is that, that karma... The laws of cause and effect 
First of all, they say no one can understand karma except a fully enlightened being because it's huge. If every single thought is, is a karmic, is, is a karmic uh, cause, it, it cre- it, not only it's a fruit of previous karmas and it's the cause of future karmas. And every thought, every interaction that we've ever had in all our lives is always, it's a huge thing. It's beyond understanding. But the, the key to karma is that right now, you have choices to make. So if you think you have choices to make, make the best choices you can. Most people don't really have choices. They don't really have much of a vote in how they go through the day. They're just reacting off of everything blindly and emotionally with no awareness whatsoever and constantly recreating and creating more karmas of of delusion, of suffering, of samsara, this world. So, we plant seeds with every action we take, every action we perform. So, at this point in our lives, we can plant, we can choose to plant certain seeds. Maybe it looks like that to us at some times. That's why I say, if you think you have choices to make, make them, make the best choices you can. For someone who's surrendered, there's nothing but, ex- there's no choices anymore. You've, you've fully surrendered your ambition to be free, so to speak, and you've given it to God, to the Guru, and so everything that happens, you, un- you, you experience as the Guru's doing, and you accept it without any question. There's no egoistic reaction. That's big time. Surrender is the goal. When you can finally lay it down, it's such a relief. So, the idea about fate and whether we determine our own fate is a question of how you see yourself. Not up here, but actually how you go through the day. What is your emotional reality? What is your psychological reality? What is your shape? So, most of the time we think we're free, but we're totally programmed. So... Let's just calm down, quiet down, slow down, get a feel for being here a little bit, and then see how we go through the day. Somebody's asking, why is Katie singing lately the same songs at Thursday night? He has written so many songs. 
I'll ask him when it comes in. I have no idea. I just sing what comes to mind. I don't really think about it. It's there, and there it is. I'm sorry. Listen to the CDs if you don't want to listen to me now. It's okay. Do I ever tire of singing the same mantras over and over through the years? <clears throat> Once I start to sing, anything that I feel is obvious to me as something that's pulled me away from the sound of the name. So I let it go and I come back. I don't dwell on it. I don't think about it. I don't analyze it. So maybe, I'm, maybe I feel boredom sometime. I don't think, why do I feel bored? That must mean I'm not singing, I'm not paying attention. It's terrible. After all these years, I'm still bored. I'm just a piece of shit. I'm no good. I can't do this. I better stop. No. Boredom? Oh, Sri Ram Jai Ram Jai Jai Ram. Pain in the knee? Oh, Sri Ram Jai Ram Jai Jai Ram. Oh, I forgot to do Shri Ram Jai Ram Jai Ram Jai Ram Jai Ram Jai Ram Jai Ram I just let go. As soon as I notice that I'm not paying attention, I let go. So, and I'm not, I'm not judging either what I'm thinking about. Like, oh, I shouldn't think about that. I can't believe I'm still thinking about this stuff. No. Even that's just a storyline that I just let go of. The more you chant, the deeper your, your, your center of gravity gets so that these thoughts come through, they don't grab you. Or if they do grab you, that's just a little while and then they, you, they're gone. They go through, they don't grab you. Bored, not bored, happy, not happy, irrelevant. How I feel is so much less important to me than it used to be. I don't know how to describe that, but I, 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 don't, I don't go through the day so much anymore thinking, well, I don't feel very good. Maybe I should meditate. Maybe I should have some more coffee. Maybe I should do this. I feel like this. I feel like that. It's not, it's not such a big issue with me how I feel. I don't care as much as I used to. Of course, I still care, but it's not constant, like navigating through these kind of feelings. Shri Ram Jai Ram Jai. Oh, Shri Ram. Oh, Shri. You keep coming back. You just let go. It doesn't matter what you feel. The question you ask reveals that you and many others, and me too, maybe, we still think that the chanting is going to... Uh, how to say this? Is going to create a bigger, stronger, more beautiful me that will never feel anything but bliss. 
So in that sense, the spiritual practice has been taken over by our neurotic ambition and our neurotic needs. And we think that by doing spiritual practice, we're going to we're never going to feel this again. We're always going to feel this. It's always going to be, everything's going to be great and love all the time. Not exactly. What one hopes could happen is that we'll relax a little bit in our lives and won't be so reactive to whatever arises. We can't control what's going to arise in this moment. The only place we get a vote is right now, as it's arising, as other things arise. So through these practices, we've, we, have, we have a different relationship, a different reaction to boredom, say. That was, you know, I don't go, oh shit, I'm so bored, this sucks. Do I really have to sing for an hour and a half? This is crazy with all these people. I'd rather just go watch TV. It doesn't happen like that. Boredom it becomes the object of your awareness. You let it go and come back to the name. You can't change what's coming, but you can change how you meet it. And that actually does change how you live in the next moment. It may not change what arises in the next moment, but it will affect how you meet the next moment, which when it arises is now. Now, always. Somebody's asking about Ramdas used to sit with people who were sick and dying. They want to know what's a good Ramdas book. Uh, I don't know. Why don't you try uh, walking each other home? That might have some. That might be a good experience to read that book. And remember, we really can't do much for other people in terms of changing how they feel. We can be with them and offer them love and beingness and share with them the depth of our being. So when we meet with other people who are ill and suffering, it can easily be, show us how much work we have to do. It's not only about that other person. It's about sharing space and helping someone relax. But we also have to be present ourselves. It's very fierce work, fierce practice.
how do I overcome a cocaine addiction? Well, stop. You might be able to stop. I don't know what type of coke you're doing, whether it's crack, free base, or just snorting. You might be able to stop doing that for a short period, but the addiction is so deep in the psychological being and the physical being that you really have to dedicate your whole life to becoming free of that addiction. There's no fooling around with it. You can't just go somewhere for three days, detox, and think that that's going to be enough. No. You have to fully recognize that you are playing Russian roulette, that you have a gun to your head, and you're spinning the barrel of the gun. And you're hoping that when you pull the trigger, that bullet won't go through your skull and kill you. Every time you do that drug or any drug that you're addicted to, it's like spinning the barrel. And one of these days, that bullet's going to be in the chamber and you will never come back. You will never surface again in this world and you will die addicted and a slave to the drug. So one has to really want to be free and go through the suffering that's involved in freeing oneself from that kind of addiction. It's a lifetime's work. It can, it can be done. There's no question about it. But only you can do it, and you will need help. You will need help. You will need a satsang. You will need a group of people who are dealing with the same issues, who are trying to be honest and trying to be free of this addiction, this life-destroying, love-destroying addiction. So you will need help. So find help right now. Don't wait. Because you might stop wanting to be free and then you're finished and then the drug is won completely so get help whatever that means to you you must know ways groups where that they deal with these issues find a way to get help find a way to get help for a long enough time that it really makes a difference I don't know how long that is it could be, you might have to take three months, six months, before you are strong enough to really get in the, in the ring with that yourself. It can be done. Absolutely, it can be done. You can do it, but you have to want to. I, I wish all the best for you. I hope you do. So, this chant is to, to my guru, Neem Karoli Baba. And Om Namo Gurudev, 
Neem Karole Babaya Namaha. So let's, when we sing this now, let's ask him for help. That person who wrote the question about cocaine addiction, ask Maharaji while we're singing, ask him to help you. That person said, well, what is God? Is there God? What is it? Ask him to show you. He's a real being. He's not a fantasy. And Guru, God, and our true self are one. They are not different. And we are here, so they are here. They are not something else outside of us, Guru and God. So when we do these chants, we connect to that place within us. Maharaji said, when you think of me, I am there. They said that. It's a true statement. Do we see him? Do we feel him? Not necessarily, because, because that's our problem. But he said he's here when we sing to him, when we remember him. So let's try to tune into that place where he is at least as real as we think we are. Ah, 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 ah. 
Yeah. 
कटे मिटे सब पीरा जो सुमेरे अनुमत बलबीर ते जे जे अनुमान गोसाई बाखोरो गुरुदेव की नाई जो शत बार पाठ कर कोई देवंदी महासुकोए यह पर हनुमान चलिस होया सिद्धि साकी गाड़िस तुलसीदास सदा हरि चेरा कीजे नाथ हृदय महादेव 
So thanks for tuning in tonight. You know, if we know anything about a path at all, if we have any understanding that there might be a way to live in this world in a good way, it's only because of the great beings that have gone before us on this path. Out of their love, out of their kindness, they left some footprints for us to follow. So in the same way that they wish for us, in the same way that they wish for us, we wish that all beings everywhere, all of us be safe, all of us be happy, that all of us have good health and enough to eat. And may we all live in peace and at ease of heart, at ease of heart with whatever comes to us in life. Shanting, shanting.